0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Crafted on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Now, as everyone who knows me knows, and as every single listener of this Crafted Podcast knows, I absolutely love a great whiskey or wine, gin, or beer. But I also really love a great NA beer because I find myself in situations every single week when that is exactly the type of beverage I am looking for. The problem, however, is that great NA beers are still pretty rare these days. But, one of the absolute best NA beer companies that I have come across also happens to be the first non-alcoholic craft brewery started in North America. I'm talking about Bravis Brewing Company, and this past week, I made the trek to Bravis's brewery and headquarters in Anaheim, California, to sit down with Bravis founder and head brewer, Philip Brandis. Philip and I sat down and tasted about 10 different bravis beers, we took a tour of the Bravis Brewing Facility, and then we sat down to record the conversation that you are about to hear, and we discussed what led Philip to start a non-alcoholic craft brewery back in 2015, what Philip regards as some of the better and some of the worse ways of making craft NA beer, and you're going to learn that our man Philip is still not above getting down from time to time with a cheap, mass-market beer that still holds a soft spot in his heart for reasons that I think I'm just gonna let him explain. Anyway, I actually think it's kinda great and definitely kinda hilarious. But let's get back here to talking about truly great beer. Now you already know that not all beer is created equal, and that most definitely goes for NA beer too. So I hope that you enjoy learning in this conversation about some of what goes into making some of the very best NA beers on the market. This episode of Crafted is presented by our Blister Craft Collective, which is a group of some of our favorite craft companies out there across a number of different product categories. And we will include a link to the Blistercraft Collective in the show notes of this episode. I highly encourage you to check these companies out, see what looks interesting to you, and then order some of their products or pay them a visit, because I am certain that some of our favorite companies are going to become some of your favorite companies too. And now, let's get to my conversation with... Philip Brandis here we go. Well, I am very happy to be here with Philip Brandis at Bravis headquarters. Philip, really cool to be here, and we just spent the last hour hour and a half kind of checking out the operations here. Um first of all, tell us a bit about the name of this company. Where did that
1: come from? Yeah, bravis uh so. When I first started the company, uh, the intention was uh, Gravitas Brewing Company. That's where I was kind of headed with it. And the reason was, I think back then, um, you know, I had a friend, we'll talk about this in a sec, but uh, he was super embarrassed to drink non-alcoholic beer. And Mm -hmm. so, and a lot of people were. Hmm. And so... um, they were embarrassed. It didn't taste good. Uh, they didn't want to order one. Uh, they didn't want their friends to know they were drinking one. And so I felt like I, I don't know. I think I was watching, um, I think it was Better Call Saul. He talked mm. about gravitas. It was mm. like, and so I'm like, class, dignity, yep. um, some definitions, trying to be sober. Uh, and so I was like, gravitas. Now I tried to uh, register it. And of course, wonderful U- USPTO is like, well, there's a wine called Gravitas wine. And I asked him, Well, what is and, and, and it might confuse someone might be someone might be confused about a seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle of <laughs> wine and a twelve ounce can right. of non-alcoholic beer. Of course. <laughs> anyway, uh, instead of trying to fight it, I said, Well, um, you know, there's there's still that bravery and 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 my last name is Brandis, and so uh bravery brandis, bravis. Mm. That's where it uh, I like it. it kind of evokes this like Latin, yeah, you know again, um, I think back then it's changed quite a bit. And we'll talk about that, but um overcoming obstacles, being brave, courageous, uh, so yeah, the, the name kind of worked, yeah. yeah, agreed. you just said, well we'll we'll talk about this more in a
0: bit, Let's actually stay on that, sure, um, and i I take it what you meant were sort of some shifting opinions, societal status um or old stigmas maybe sure around the na space yep absolutely
1: yeah i mean look um i, I think the uh issue and still prevalent now is you've had traditionally in, in the na beer space uh we'll call them the um grocery store loggers or the liquor store loggers made by the big macro companies for decades mm-hmm. and look, no one has ever said this is when, when trying one, this is amazing. They've quite the opposite. They, you know, you were drinking them cause maybe you had to, or, um, you didn't have a choice or, uh, but the, uh, the problem was or, and is, is that for many, many, again, many, many decades you've had this sort of inferior product. And so when, uh, we came onto the scene, um, I think uh, unlike a lot of products, we were faced with this backlash because when you mentioned to someone, oh, we, we brew a non-alcoholic beer, you could see their face, mm-hmm. <laughs> the blood drain and, mm-hmm. uh, and and like, oh, I would never drink one. They taste like, like yeah, shit, you yeah. know, why would I even, I mean, we would walk into a, I would walk into an account when I first started the company. I'm like, oh, I'm so proud. I made this great tasting <laughs> non-alcoholic craft beer. And I walk into I remember this this restaurant and the guy looks at me and goes, non out beer. I think we sell like one or two of duels a year. And how much do you want to charge for this? At yeah. 999, 1099, 199, uh, or or five bucks for a, a single uh board. and go, get out of here. Uh-huh. <laughs> so but look, um I think uh you know, I wanna say that that, you know, through the pandemic, right around that time is when I mean, look. Everyone drank uh, until they passed out during the pandemic. Then post-pandemic was just a very big hangover, and people were saying, "All right, I, I still like beer, but you know, I can't drink at this level. Mm. I want to be healthier." Uh, you know, we started hearing about better for you beverage, and so uh, we really saw. And, and, and look, our, our online sales during the pandemic exploded. Strangely, along with uh with alcohol right you you heard that uh you know it was up like 300 400% in sales mm. and, but um you know i think post pandemic now uh again with this whole better for you shift um you know we really we really see people uh, embracing it uh really wanting to try something they want that cold cold beer but uh look, the calories the the effects of alcohol they they just they don't want that part and mm-hmm. so um, I think we we really did see a, a 180 um, when it came to uh, NA craft beer. But that's interesting.
0: I mean, you started this company in 2015. Mm-hmm. The, I, I, I like to say, like, I didn't know the word COVID back then. You know, so it's not like if somebody was just listening to what you just said, they might think, oh, so I did. Did Philip start this just before or during the pandemic? Mm-hmm. Not true at all. Mm-hmm. So what? led you to start in
1: a non-alcoholic sure beer company yeah i know great great question so uh i was actually doing something that probably couldn't be the more opposite from making beer and that was uh, making code uh programming uh i I had a software development firm uh i I, i've been in it since i was i don't know i think i got my first computer when i was five or six Mm -hmm. and never looked back uh uh, and so, um, really loved technology, but it, you know, it, it was killing me when I got older, uh, sitting in that computer chair for mm-hmm. hours on end. Uh, I think by the end of the day, every day I, I my, my nose would be like two inches from the monitor and my back. I, I had back surgery at like 28 because of sitting in, in that computer chair, I needed a change. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of influences, uh, on me at the time that said, uh, kind of made me look at a different direction. Uh, one was uh, my brother, a big craft beer guy, uh geek, nerd, junkie, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he would drag me to these, you know, elusive uh, triple IPA tastings. I was in line once uh, at a deli over here called Hollings Had in an Orange. And they had a limited at one keg of a very famous uh, IPA called Pliny the Younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elder was, a, was still pretty uh, highly coveted, but younger, uh, you know, you have to be on a list. Yeah. Uh, to, to get a keg and so didn't know what to expect i just knew uh, i was in line with a hundred other schmucks and <laughs> we were waiting um i think it was about 100 degrees out uh there was four hours in line and by the time i got up i was starving i was hot i was dehydrated and i took a sip of that triple ipa and i I don't remember to this day if it was good or bad. I was already drunk by the time <laughs> I had a couple sips uh but I did realize and, and remember a few things, and one was again, there was a hundred other idiots like I am standing in line for this <laughs> beer, and you know, I figured you know there's got to be something here like i I need to i, I and we were all we had a great time it got me wrong. we were all drinking these triple i p a s and cheersing and it was a blast but I just remember from that day that there's, um, there's something to this camaraderie this di- differed a lot from me sitting in a computer chair. Yeah. Now, around the same time too, I had a friend of mine and I remember this story. Uh, uh, there's a guy, best friend from high school. He was a home brewer and had been for many, many, I mean, since, since high school, I'd go to his house and there'd be things bubbling, fermenting. Uh, I said to him, you know what? It's a lot of work. You're never going to make anything as good as a course light. That's what we were drinking. It to. I had no idea what a craft beer was. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was to me was the best thing ever, ever invented. But, uh, you know, and, and years later we connected and, uh, you know, we became great friends again and uh, we, we would h- hang out. And I, whatever happened to the homebrewing, I was like, look, this is, here's an IPA. I'm like, IPA? And I took a sip and spit it out. I'm like, oh, what's that bitterness? And of course, I had to take a second and a third. And then by the end of the beer, I, I was in, in love with this mm. Uh uh, you know, either hate or love IPAs. I I loved it. And uh I said, wow, this is amazing. And he kinda, you know, we went to uh craft beer bars and started trying all the different stouts. And I was like, wow, like this is amazing. Um, you know, let's let's do something. Uh I, I let's start a company. Like we gotta make this. Mm-hmm. Um I'm like, what? You know, what do we do? How do we differentiate our, ourselves? Because yeah, you, you walk into a store like a Whole Foods or something and There was aisles and aisles of this stuff. Like I can't, I'm not going to make another IPA. Well, around that time, you know, um, I think brewers, um, this was back in what 14, 15, uh, brewers started saying, "Well, look." We love our craft beer. How much alcohol can we squeeze into a beer? So, let's take a double IPA, triple IPA, like the one I had. Um, You know, let's take an Imperial Stout uh, and barrel age it. So, not just 14%. Let's make it 20%. And so, uh, I was like, wow, you know, this is kind of crazy. And unfortunately, that friend, I mean, he he developed a problem. His wife said to him one day, you know, he would crack an IPA, triple IPA in the morning. And Mm. uh, even one of those. You know, it'll get you going. Yep. And so, uh, again, his wife's like, "Well, look, it's it's either me or the beer." And for a young guy, that's a hard decision. But he chose wisely, and he gave up. Um, he gave up drinking. Went to the you know, the O'Douls and the Sharps uh, of the world. But we'd go out to a restaurant or a, or a, a bar, and he, you know, summon the waiter over and whisper, "Hey, can I have a yeah. an O'Douls?" Or, yep. and. It was just so embarrassing for him. And when the bottle came to the table, he would actually turn the ball around so the label faced him, so no one knew he was drinking a non alcoholic beer. And I you know, this is this is crazy. In fact, we went on this trip to Mexico and he called up the resort and he's like, Hey, uh, you know, I want to make sure you guys carry non alcoholic beer. Like Hmm. you know, not this doesn't exist in Mexico. Yes. This is the party capital, right? Cabo, I think it was. And uh, so he had to he had to bring his own. And when we got to the um, we got to the resort, here he comes with these two huge Pullmans. The guy probably paid more in, in Southwest baggage fees to, to carry these the, these. He, he brought twelve cases of, of Odoul's in bottles in his in his uh, check bag. I mean, it was nuts to me. And I go, you know what? We got to, yeah. I got to figure something out here. Huh. I go, I tell you what, I have this technology background. How hard can it be? You teach me how to homebrew. I'm going to take some technology and figure out how to get you a friggin' good tasting non-alcoholic IPA. Mm. He's like, deal. So we get back to the States. We try every uh, non-alcoholic beer on the market uh, and um, realize that they all. They do all taste like crap. Even some of the... the, They were trying some craft beer ones, kind of. But uh, anyway, so, he, you know, I built a little brew in the garage. And uh, he teaches me how to homebrew. And I'm like, you know, I read some research papers. Like, I want to do this differently. Like, there's got to be a better way. And so, I read some research papers on, on yeast and fermentation. And I go, I don't understand half this stuff. But I put an ad out for... I think it was like molecular biologists needed must love beer. Mm. What are the chances? But I found one <laughs> this woman, um, oh, it was crazy. Uh, she, she was a uh, um, PhD, she had studied uh fermentation, she was a home brewer, and she writ- had written her thesis on yeast. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So I hired her, her and I, over the course of about a year, um, started to get to work and in the process, made uh, a lot of pretty bad beer. Uh, we were sort of like Frankenstein. and uh, But one day, we finally hit it, this amazing tasting IPA. And, you know, we approached it a little bit differently. Most non alk beers are made by uh, removing the alcohol, whether you burn it off through distillation or you remove it through a almost like a, a, they use reverse osmosis or a filter. But in the process, you're, you're kind of removing everything that makes a beer a beer. Uh, we didn't want to do that. Uh, I didn't want to do that. And so, uh, again, developed this kind of unique process with her that, you know, created a beer where it tasted great. And we didn't remove the alcohol. We just didn't put a lot of it in in the first place. And, you know, um, I think by that time, I'd spent way too much money. My wife's like, my wife's a CPA. So, she's like, oh, yeah. write it off. You got to start a company. Taxes. I'm like, all right, fine. And uh you know I, I wouldn't say long story short but here we are uh and uh yeah the rest i guess is history so.
0: <laughs> well so this was was this about 2013 then that you started experimenting In 14 yeah 14, 14. was our,
1: our trip to Cabo and was the catalyst between my brother and my friend and so that's kind of when we when i started um on this journey but yeah i really didn't get serious didn't really rent us I and mean, we, we worked out of the garage and uh delivered a case here and there um which is a, a great story too so the day we discovered the ipa uh i'm like let's let's bottle up a couple and see if i can sell a few mm-hmm. i mean it's not a business until you actually you know i can have that's a right. product but uh, I, gotta, I gotta know if people want this so uh we hand bottled like the homebrew uh, uh wand a couple i think a case that's all we could make and i went to uh this place in Laguna Beach, uh, where I lived, um, it was this, uh, uh, restaurant called the cliff and I delivered, uh, I'm like, Hey, you guys want any, any beers? Like, I'll give it a try. Why not? You know? <laughs> and so I deliver this case. Uh, it gives me, you know, I think 30 bucks, 40 bucks. I still have that dollar framed, uh, you mm. know, in the office and I get home and about an hour later, he's like, I need more. I go. What happened? Did you did you drop the first case? <laughs> he goes. No, we had two people come in. I told about it about um, about the IPA, and they wiped us out. Huh. They just sat there and drank. They were so happy mm-hmm. to have an IPA that tastes like an IPA that was not alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I go, wow. Okay, maybe there's a business here. So. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that was the catalyst to the start. <laughs> and a mere eight years later, <laughs> right, here, yeah. here you are. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah I, I mean, I, I love, I love the NA space. I also love real beer and I, I get the sense you do too. I'm not going to give you crap about your story earlier about how <laughs> mostly <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll nutshell it here. Yeah. Um, Philip's not against those crushable beers. Those very crushable beers uh, from some larger makers, uh, which I thought was pretty funny, um, but to have figured it out, and I mean, you you guys got on my radar, um, probably about two two and a half years ago, when I like I loved the idea of this space, and I've talked about this on some previous podcasts we've done, but you know, living in mountain towns and seeing people come from sea level up to nearly 10,000 feet and they have one beer or one cocktail and they're a mess, you know, like you live around mountain towns, you see the need for something like this. And um, that kind of is when I really launched on my modern quest for like, this can't all taste like crap, right? Right. And you guys were on a very short list of companies where I was like, okay, this is really good. And, um, you know, so this is the conversation that I guess you could say has been, you know, over two years in the making. So very happy to be here today, but let's then talk a bit more about this process of how one makes good tasting NA beer. And so. Because I didn't know really the answer of where things were today in terms of the production. If there still are a number of different ways that you think companies are doing it, if we are moving toward one best way or best practice, what do you think the current landscape looks like? Sure.
1: Yeah, no great question. Um, Yeah, most people don't realize, but yeah. uh, So uh, uh, most NA beer starts off as a full strength fully loaded and then they again they remove the alcohol um, i think when we were going through the process um and, and, and trying all the different ones uh i i could just spot the ones i i don't know there was this um most of them were back were, vacu- were, were distilled the most the uh, you know people would take um the brewers would take a beer they'd throw in a kettle they'd start burning off the alcohol because the alcohol burns off at something like 170 degrees. It's lower than water, which is, you know, 212. And so, you could sit there and get to a certain level and burn off the alcohol and then still have, I guess, some semblance of a beer. But listen, you you know, um, some some leftovers are good when you reheat them. Uh, I don't think beer is one of them. Mm -hmm. And so, to me, I could taste, um, I could always see and figure out if there was a beer that was vacuum distilled because it just has this weird burnt wort flavor and technology has gotten better. Um, Now they're doing, instead of regular distillation, they're doing vacuum distillation. They actually lower the temperature in a vacuum Mm. and then distill. And so you're not really heating up the beer as high, but honestly, again, you're still (laughs) burning it off. Mm. So uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I haven't found one I like. Now there's other technology that's a little bit better. That's um, a little bit newer. And that's the whole, um, filtering uh they take beer again full-strength beer they run it through a filter and on one end out comes the alcohol and the other end is this like and, and water sorry alcohol and water and the other end is this um sludge that's huh. like uh, if you ever recon- reconstituted uh mushrooms or something you know you take the water and stuff out of it and then you have this stuff and then you take just regular water and put it back in and then you have beer again, if it doesn't sound appetizing, <laughs> because it isn't to me, but, um, the technology's gotten better, uh, I, I think. But, uh, to me, it's all uh, a bit relative. Um, don't prefer, um, you know, I'm the first one to always say it. I just don't like when you start, uh, as a chef, putting a bunch of ingredients in and then taking them back out. It just mm. doesn't make a great dish. <laughs> but, um, look, I think, um, plenty of brands in this world where there's um if you throw enough marketing at it <laughs> and enough dollars and the brand's good enough it sometimes doesn't matter how it tastes but i think for us we've always been about the quality of the liquid and really giving some uh people something f- flavorful and very diverse uh we have a pretty wide style range from our ipas to peanut butter stouts mm. to our um you know our, our our sours and and so i think a beer is is something to enjoy it's a moment it's um y- y- you know whether you've you've run a race or you've climbed a mountain or you're um uh i don't know you, you we we had this person uh a customer call in and this was a guy who uh who's a he was a vet uh, a war vet started in world war II and saw some stuff and when he got back p t s d And he uh, used alcohol to kind of numb the pain, but became a very, very, uh, his words, horrible person when he drank. And he discovered Bravis and writes in and says, look, um, I'm going to paint you a picture right now. I'm sitting on my back porch drinking a Bravis, The sun's going down. I'm watching my granddaughter swing on a swing, and I've never been able to enjoy this moment because I've usually been uh, wasted about 15 beers deep. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank you. And most importantly, my wife wants to thank you Mm -hmm. for giving me something that I enjoy that doesn't have alcohol in it. So it's like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's these, um, it's these moments that uh, it's kind of like why we offer something that's, that's quality because for the longest time people, didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were embarrassed or you didn't like what you were drinking, like, what fun is that? Uh, we want you to enjoy the moment, celebrate those moments. And so, it's kind of why we do it. Mm. That's a good story.
0: But back to making beer. Sorry,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, yeah, I digressed a bit. That's all right. <laughs> so, a couple things. As I, you know, I've spent actually kind of a fair share of time in a number of different breweries. So, um, yeah that actually feels like i'm doing life pretty well come to think of it but when you were talking originally about this process of creating a good tasting na you were talking basically about heat is sort of the enemy and that's actually something that we hear from a number of brewers right it's like once you make that beer let's not start heating things up a bunch or you know put leaving it in a in a hot room or in a hot trunk or something right and what i'm hearing you say then is if some NA brewers are intentionally injecting quite a bit of heat in this removal to burn off the alcohol okay well i'm thinking about yeast and how that sort of works that and I'm, my, the lay, my layman brain is thinking like, okay, we probably don't want to start activating these yeast or getting them, you know, doing a bunch of weird things or changing flavor profiles and the rest. So, with what you're doing, and now we're probably moving into some proprietary stuff, I imagine, but you're saying that you found some ways to maintain a flavor profile that you want without having to finish the sentence for sure, me because I'm, yeah. I'm way off, way yeah, out of my so, depth here.
1: At, at the end of the day, um, it's, it's extremely fascinating as I was going through this research and even until today, just really diving into the world of yeast, which is, at the basic level is like it's where life, you know, it's like the most basic life. And, you know, we um, we spent a lot of time studying it and figuring out ways um it kind of goes back to my programming days. I I figured, you know, I used to program code and tell computers what to do. Um, without going too deep, I figured out a way, kind of tell yeast what to do Mm. and through technology and, and data. And, uh, we were talking about this earlier. Um, it's not in, you know, I think most people with a, uh, you know, a YouTube video or two can sit there and brew a beer, but, the trick is, is consistency. And something we've struggled with. Every brewery struggles with consistency, making that same beer over and over again, because you are dealing with yeast, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you and I, we don't like being told what to do. Right. And so, <laughs> um, you know, the, the trick is, is to listen. And so we developed, it took technology, um, to sit there and listen to what's going on inside the tank, fermentation, temperature, gravity, pH, connectivity. Um, uh oxygen uh dissolved oxygen so for us uh i took that took that technology and really developed a way to listen and communicate with with the beer which sounds kind of crazy um and so uh but but for us again um we wanted to figure out a way to be as close to making a real beers as, as the traditional alcoholic beer was and so um that's kind of the way we do it um and look, uh, even as, as good as we're, we're, we are listeners uh, as being, as being listeners and, and, uh, ultimately at the end of the day, it's, uh, yeast is going to do what it wants mm. to do. And so, uh, um, I think we, we learn something new every day, but, um, uh, I think for us it just, we, and going back to when, when we started developing, we just did not want to remove stuff. Um, just wasn't how traditional beer was made, mm. you know? Yeah. And the, really, the trick is, um, look, I, I, you can throw a bunch of, of malt into a, a tank and wort, throw a bunch of yeast in it, and they'll start making alcohol. And then, you know, a lot of people, there's a method called arrested fermentation, which is not, not something that we do, but um, you can stop, you can make the yeast like really cold, uh-huh. and it'll stop and drop out. But problem is, you have a bunch of sugar, you might still have it left left to its own devices. As soon as things start to warm up a bit, that yeast gonna start back up again. Even it? after arrested fermentation, because mm-hmm. okay. you're just you're just making them cold. Yeah. And going to sleep. freeze it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, yeah. they're going to sleep. Hibernation. You give them a little bit of warmth. Right. Um, huh. turn the heater on in the morning. Uh, they're gonna wake back up. Doesn't take many. Just one little one hmm. to make friends, and they start going. So the, the trick isn't making a beer, making a beer non-alcoholic. It's keeping a beer <laughs> non-alcoholic, and And really, the hardest part is then not just making the beer, but the packaging. Because you've done all these great things, you have your beer, and then it's leaving your brewery to go somewhere, Uh a shelf, a customer. So, how do you maintain that? And so, packaging, most people don't realize packaging is probably the hardest part because you have all these forces working against you. Mm. Oxygen, so going back to being cold, right? Um, There's a famous... uh, uh, uh brewing uh he's he's a genius named Charlie Banforth Dr. Charlie Banforth he uh he he says look at the end of the day there's two things you need to do and I'm paraphrasing this so sorry but um you need to keep out all the oxygen you can Mm -hmm. and keep that there's three three more things keep the beer cold keep the beer cold keep the beer cold Uh and so um yeah heat and uh, oxygen um like it Beer will tend to stale very quickly uh, if you're not careful. And so, again, we have to maintain real strict um, protocols to keep oxygen out of the beer, make sure it's happy, there's, make sure it's full. Now, once it leaves, hard to control all that. Uh, we control the oxygen, but uh, uh, look, we ship beer out all across the country, all across the world. And it goes up and down an airplane, uh, you know, bumping around the back uh, of a delivery truck through hot, cold, y- you name it. And so, again, the trick is, is what can we do to make sure that flavor at the end of that journey is the same as, as it was when it
0: left her. So, my suspicion is that's then where we might be starting to get into sort of your right. unique processes. That you're, yeah. You don't exactly want to just make public right here, right now.
1: Correct. Yeah. Okay. I think, um, again, every brewery um, does a little bit differently, but I think in part of the NA process that we developed, packaging is a big part of it. And so, uh, yeah, a little bit of, of trade secrets there on, on how we maintain uh, freshness, uh, you know, no matter what that beer goes through at the end mm-hmm. of the day.
0: Back to in terms of the category in general, I think we've already... You've identified COVID as representing a real shift um, in sort of attitudes around NA. What else can you tell us about sort of the market even just here in the United States? Actually, you talked a little bit about Europe too. Talk a little bit about the market in the US, the market for NA beer in Europe are there states that you see, perhaps, you know, certain states, certain sections of the country opening up to this world? Um,
1: what's the landscape look like on sure. that front? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, um, I think overseas, Europe, Asia, uh, NA is a big part of life. It's something like 15, 17% of sale uh, of beer sales is, is NA. They make pretty decent uh, uh, NA, ta- NA beers. They've been doing it probably the longest. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's an acceptable part of society. I think, uh, here, um, we're catching up, you know, we're still in this period of, uh, well, we're we're getting past it, but again, brewers were really focused and, and really based on consumers, they want value and, and people interpret value. I think here is, all right, I'm paying five bucks, but how much alcohol is in here? Yeah. Okay. It's a lot. That's a good value. I'm going to buy that. And it's a very prevalent uh notion now again uh i think with this shift um during and post pandemic is this whole better for you now the category has really changed it's not just any beer it's uh it's why seltzers were so hard mm-hmm. seltzers were so uh popular they were gluten-free and they were vegan and they were low-cal and so That is really the driving force now for all things better for you, including NA craft beer. People want, again, something that's just better than um, an alcoholic beer, better than a a soda, better than something, a sugary energy drink. And so uh, I think we're catching up. Uh, We're getting there. Um, We're seeing a huge, huge, I mean, huge, huge growth in in the category. And it took us a while. I mean, you asked what, what happened before the pandemic. It was tough. Uh, I mean, it still is tough, you know, you, you have these very traditional and, uh, they've been in the, in the, in the alcoholic beer business for decades and, and really, um, it, it takes, it it takes a lot of education. It takes a lot of other players, not just us to drive that awareness to really convince. And it also takes, by the way, uh, the the decline in alcoholic beer sales, Uh, um, you know, um, they kind of have to adapt because n a craft beer is actually outpacing the sales growth of of real beer uh, alcoholic beer uh, something like five to six to one, not nearly as big as a as a number, but yeah. the growth is crazy, and so um I think uh it really takes the wholesalers the retailers now here's an interesting story um so we just landed um uh, target hmm. and We're going to be going to Walmart soon. Mm -hmm. uh, Fingers crossed. Now, these are two major retailers that aren't traditionally progressive when it comes to, um, well, anything really, um, you know. But here they are, and and props to them. They really um, listen to their customers. They they realize that non-l is the future, and so uh, we were very lucky enough to um with a select few other uh uh, suppliers they've rolled out this test uh, in about five or six states where they're rated a non-alcoholic beer section Mm. just on its own Mm. Uh, and you don't see that i mean even some of the more um you know the 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 chain the the um the liquor chains and so here they are being very progressive and eventually this will become a destination set for all things na not just beer, wine, spirits, um, which is brilliant because now, say you don't like beer, uh, you want to get a, a, an NA wine or a, a NA spirits, you have to start hunting and pecking throughout a store <laughs> trying to find yeah. each one. But no, like it makes sense. If you want something, in NA, at least for now. now eventually, for now, exactly. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. Um, but for now, uh, it's it it just shows great thinking on their part to develop a destination where you can get whatever you want that's in the N A category. Mm.
0: No, that's really interesting. Um, I hadn't heard that about Target or mm-hmm. Walmart. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's massive. Yep. Um, and and I because you know, I mean, I I I love the mixing of these worlds. Um, you know, beer sales maybe are diminishing. I still want there to be fantastic craft beer out there. I still love bourbon. I very much though, I'm like, I want to drink good stuff and I want to be moderate about it, you know? And then there's lots of times when I want a really good NA beer and I want that to be good and I I am beyond the like, well, it better be cheap because there's not alcohol in it. Like, nope, I'm absolutely price insensitive to that if it's good. Now, if it's trash, I'm uninterested. So it's interesting how this all goes. I think you're right that having dedicated sections for the time being makes sense. But I do actually kind of personally look forward to a future where then we mix it back up again, or there's it's the same row, but this section can be the NA. But because I do think that absolutely sensitive and and here for it for people who don't handle alcohol well, great, don't drink it, don't drink it. But for many of us to be able to swerve in and out with it and pick for this evening or the first drink of a night is maybe a bourbon. And then I want to shift over because we're going to have a three-hour great dinner. Maybe I want to move into some really excellent NA. And um, that's kind of the, I want to see that future.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, um, Moderation is, is the key. And, um, I, I think historically it's been hard to moderate. How can you, when you're, you're dreading <laughs> that next tip of, a uh, of, a uh, you know, again, a grocery store lager that's, that's uh, vacuum distilled or mm-hmm. I, I think, I think with, with quality comes, um, it becomes easier to do so. We, I heard this term, uh, zebra striping, huh. right? Where uh, someone will actually drink a full strength and they'll drink an NA and go yep. back and alternate, I've right? Never, I, I've done that. Yeah, I've yeah. So I think that's great. Um, yeah, because um, look, I think uh, if you can, enjoying a nice cold beer, why not? Um, you know, but there are times, right? When you, you just, not a good idea to have one yeah. or, you know, you have responsibilities. I mean, look at the world we live in these days. It seems like we're busier and busier. Yeah. So. Uh, absolutely, like that, that's great, and, and agreed. Um, uh, so, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's great to hear your journey as well. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about a
0: couple of the offerings that you have today, um, and I'll let you run with this. If you want to talk about some of the staples, if you want to talk about some of the more seasonal or limited release stuff, um, if somebody's listening to this and is like, "All right, this Philip guy," let me let me check this out. Um, so you got to make a solid impression right off the jump. Let's maybe go that direction. What What would you be directing yeah. them to?
1: Well, um, so that that one's it's uh, uh, hard to answer and easy to answer. But <laughs> I think if you're new to uh, the brand or, or new to. Um, you know, uh, the category and you're like, what should I, what should I try? Well, we make that easy. We make a variety pack. (laughs) (laughs) So we took a page out of hard seltzer, right? Mm -hmm. The number one skew for hard seltzer is a variety pack because ultimately different strokes for different folks Mm -hmm. and completely understand, especially when it comes to adult beverages or, or, you know, and so um, uh, I would uh, from our site, from Target, wherever, pick up a variety pack because inside um, you're going to find our four core uh, we have an ipa right you, again you love or hate ipas uh, i tend to love them and we make a pretty solid west yes, coast you ipa do. yes a little, little citra a little amarillo um and so uh that's great now maybe you don't love ipas but you like i don't know something a little bit uh fruitier blood orange ipa right great little citrus um uh, hit with uh, blood orange peels and again are sort of a, a, an IPA and these aren't really crazy IPAs uh, they're not going to th- make your mouth pucker um, no. from bitterness, they're very approachable all our um, all our beers are um, but look you don't like IPAs, fine by us maybe you like stouts so uh, inside, it sounds kind of crazy bear with me but you're going to love it uh, uh, is a peanut butter stout uh, peanut butter hazelnut and chocolate uh you can't go wrong there it's like a dessert in a can port over ice cream if you want i don't care uh mm. it's it's a really enjoyable it's actually stuff. phenomenal <laughs> it's phenomenal we just
0: had some right <laughs> right <laughs> actually more to the point so came down here today with my girlfriend who is very much not a beer drinker. What did she say to us?
1: She's like, I'm a beer drinker now. She is. Yeah. She's like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, pinch me. I'm a beer drinker. Like she was shocked, you know, but yeah, that, that, um, if it's you are, phenomenal. I think if you are, yeah, whether you are or not, yeah, that's a, it's it. a great brew. Um, and then, um, understand that, uh, you know, look, some of us still like the, the, the macro lagers such as myself mm-hmm. and, we have a a, a new a newish brew called the Golden Light. So, um, it's a golden ale, a super light, crisp, refreshing, 65 calories. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of everything for you. Now, if you're more adventurous, um, we do every month, uh, sometimes twice a month, we have what we call them LTOs. They're limited time offers. And this is my chance. Again, I... I wake up uh, in the middle of the night. I go, what's what's crazy that I can throw into a beer? I mean, is it a bunch of marshmallows? Is it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you name it. Lemons. and it sounds weird, but um, we do these very limited releases uh, just for our online uh, customers. And that's a chance to really try push the envelope with something really kind of fun, and exciting and 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 so, uh, I don't know. I think if you're, again, new to the category, new to Bravis, pick up the variety pack and see what you like and then go back for uh, whatever you enjoyed.
0: Yeah. And my experience, again, I guess it was first time I had Bravis was probably between two, two and a half years ago. And that West Coast IPA, I was like, all right, like I still... And as I as I've told you, I've sampled now a lot of products in the space, and some I'm just like, no, this isn't this isn't it. Um, that West Coast IPA I think is fantastic. I'm still going to give a little message, even though you you're maybe not doing as much these days. That I pronounce it Goza. Okay. We had this. You won't you won't tell me I'm wrong though. You think it, you're saying goes one syllable?
1: It's both. I mean it's it's goes Goza. I've heard goose before. I don't know if <laughs> that that's, cannot that, that be right. Probably, I refuse uh, to believe yeah, that's I, correct. I, I'm not going for that one, but... goose sounds fancy. Yeah. Goose sounds fancier than ghosts. Yeah, yeah. You know, you stick your but, pinky up. But you know.
0: are you got, you're still doing this or you're phasing it out? What
1: are you doing? Yeah, here? so um, look, uh, if it was up to me, I'd make 1,800 skews. Now, <laughs> my head brewer, uh, you know, who already has a wanted poster of, of my face up on the wall He's like, look, you gotta, and it, it, it makes sense. You have to limit, right? Yeah. You, you can only produce so much consistently. We only have so many tanks. Now, last year, part of our core was this raspberry, uh, goes or goza. Um, it's an amazing style. It's tart. It's really sweet. It, it's not super sour. Most. It's not super sour. Um, it's got actually a little bit of um, a little bit of pink salt. Just a tiny huh. bit at the end to kind of like give it a little something. Uh, nothing you can. It's like very subliminal, but. Um, yeah. Look, I, it's, I love that, that style. It's just, uh, I had to pick four and, um, and, and, but look, there's so, so many people love it. People, we have a subscription service on our website. People get it every month or week mm-hmm. we could if we, if we actually got rid of it, we, you know, we'd have death threats. Uh, so, uh, no, raspberry goes is great. Um, uh, love that style too. Uh, so I don't know. Um, We'd like to do some fun stuff, and and no, uh, we'll continue to make it for for a bit here. For a bit, okay, yeah. Obviously,
0: wildly different style of beer than a West Coast IPA, but unless you're someone who can't appreciate other styles of beers, I just was like, this is really nice in this category. But man, today that that peanut butter dark, I w- that was kind of mind bending. So. Yeah, so I guess that's to say you you're not a one trick pony.
1: No, no, yeah, we we really, I mean, every, um, I think every brand focuses on on taste, but uh, we go to pretty great lengths here to ensure that uh, we're doing it. Um, we're just giving you something that's interesting, um, something that's crushable too. I mean, um, you like your crushable beers. I love my crushable beers. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 what can I say? Every brewer does. I mean, at the end of the day, you're drinking a lot of craft beer during the week. Um, yeah my, my wife and i we have um we call it uh bad pizza bad beer bad tv fridays wow and uh our daughter um goes to bed uh i crack open a Coors light uh you named and it ordered a greasy pizza <laughs> and i may or may not uh watch real housewives of orange county now i can't oh, wait wow. are we recording shoot yeah uh, it's still on oh, it's still up. uh but yeah look uh you know uh i, I do drink uh Occasionally. Uh, but yeah, I love my uh, bad pizza, bad beer, bad T <laughs> Wow.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean the the T V actually kind of sounds the worst of the three. Right. But, um, yeah, so 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 geez. bad,
1: but so good. But
0: hey, um, um I, I actually wanna let you get back to work here, sure. but um talk a little bit about where we are in Anaheim. Yeah. You were kind of saying like, man, it's a pretty interesting place uh for beer.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm, um, uh, you know, we're in the Orange, orange uh, Curtain, Orange County, uh, but there's a lot of breweries here, probably more than any city, um, uh, probably next to LA. A uh, lot of breweries here. Uh, we're a stone's throw from Disneyland, a stone's throw from uh, Angel Stadium. Uh, you know, anyone listening, feel free to come by and have a, a great NA beer. Mm. Uh, uh, and, and so, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. I don't know, California... Southern California, always the sort of, you know, a birthplace for a lot of cool new, new things. And I mm-hmm. think we're, we're doing some fun stuff out here. Um, you know, we're coming out with, I know it sounds crazy, but any wine, any spirits, uh, and, and a, uh, canned cocktail. So a margarita an old fashioned, but these are, are uh, like our beer will taste. They'll, they'll taste. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be hard for you to tell the difference. So it's going to get that burn, that mouth feel, uh, you know, pushing envelopes with functional beverage, looking at mushrooms. That's the the new uh mm. the new frontier here. So uh really doubling down on NA itself and really love it. Love the love the category and, and look, one day, uh if you're uh if you're drinking, you're gonna be the odd person out, right? I think mm. that's where we're headed. Sounds crazy, but yeah. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Um, man, you got your work cut out for you on that that whole NA wine, NA spirits front. they they're, they're- those categories could still stand to, um, to see some improvement. And so I guess you pulled it off on the beer side. So, um, but man, I'll, I'll root for you on those. Cause I, those are categories. I'm. I have said, we talked about this. I I have not found, I haven't, maybe I just haven't crossed the right path, mm-hmm. but I haven't found those products yet where I'm like, this feels pretty dialed. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, good, good luck on those fronts. If you crack those codes, Um, you'll have pulled off something real significant. Yeah, we're going to try. We're going to try. Well, hey, appreciate the time. This has been really fun today and seeing the operation and um, best of luck with what you're doing.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate you having me today. Yeah.
0: Well, that's it for this edition of Crafted. I want to say thanks so much to Philip for sitting down with me and taking the time to show me the whole production facility in Anaheim. I want to say thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. Now, please take good care of yourself and everybody else, and we will talk to you again real soon.